0: Welcome to the second episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. I'm your host, Foggy, with me as always, T-Bags. What up? J-P-P. Hey, y'all. How you doing today? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, we got a pretty cool show tonight. We're going to be talking about Eminem's surprising album last week, Machine Gun Kelly's response. Uh, Tony has an awesome challenge for us later tonight. But we're going to pick up where we left off last time with my challenge, which was to pull a singer from a band and plug him into a different band and get a completely different experience. So we're going to begin tonight with Tony answering the challenge. What That's do you it. have? Well, I've been super excited
1: to answer this challenge. <laughs> At first I thought, man, this is so hard, and it really is hard. I don't... Paul, did you think it was tough too? I did. I yeah. did. Okay. So, um, but you know, after I started to like start plugging some things in, I was like, well, this could, this could be fun. So anyway, here's, here was my line of thinking. This is how I went. Um, well, you know, rarely, I rarely does it ever work really where after a band is famous, they can replace their singer. Right. You know, so like we have like Alice in Chains and, um, STP and Van Halen bands like that. Um, not that they didn't do a good job, but has it ever been made better by replacing someone, you know, in, in my opinion, no. And that's no offense to the people there, but once you get famous, there's just something about that lead singer that uh, helps define the band and it's really, really hard to replace because you're not just replacing the voice, but, you know, a persona and stuff like that as well. So anyway, that's what made it really tough for me. Um, I do think that bands can reform. I mean, look how Pearl Jam came about, you know, and uh, you can put new singers with other people or you can have, you know, side projects like Temple of the Dog and things like that that work. But... The challenge was to put somebody in a band. That it was it to be made better, right? That would imp- either improve that band or would would make something interesting.
0: Yeah, give you a, a, just a completely different experience that would ultimately be really cool.
1: Okay, so that's what yeah, that's what I went with. So the only time that I think that this could work is if there's a movement behind it um, that's equal to or greater than the music itself. So with that, I was thinking like you know we're we've been on this nostalgic tip so. Um. Rage Against the Machine, you know, when they came out, it was like, there wasn't really a place for them. There wasn't really a genre for them. And then Tom Morello was doing some crazy stuff with the guitar. And, uh, I just felt like that was cool on a music front, but at the same time they were saying something. I mean, they like Rage Against the Machine meant that they were (laughs) were raging against the machine. I mean, listen to their albums. And, um, so there was a movement behind it. And then, you know, Audio Slave came about and Street Sweeper Social Club and things like that, which were cool. And Zach De La Roca kind of fell off um, the earth. But uh, so I'm thinking if they were to come back again, that would be a band I would bring back. If they were to come back again, who in this day and age could actually like front that and be interesting? So are you ready for it? I'm so ready. Go for it. (laughs) Steve nodded off. Um, (laughs) uh, um, Childish Gambino. I feel interesting. Yes. I feel like if you look at Donald Glover's like body of work from, you know, being able to like put a show like Atlanta on TV, that's not like any other show on TV to, you know, being a writer behind the scenes to doing his own thing. And then, you know, his persona of childish Gambino, go back and listen to like Bonfire, Backpackers, and of course, this is America. And the dude knows how to say something in a different way, you know? So I think if you put Challenge Gambino in a room with Tom Morello, you could get an iteration of Rage Against the Machine that would be awesome. So that is my answer.
2: Sold. <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> make it happen. That That's right. is not
0: any choice that I would have thought I was going to hear tonight, which is pretty cool. Paul, uh, yeah. did you have a chance to think about it much?
2: I did. Pardon me one second. Uh-huh. <clears throat> there we go. Got to get, get that out. Um, so this is something I kind of st- st- stewed on for a, well almost twenty years now. Um, with the new metal movement in the '90s, um, uh, there was some innovative sounds that were coming out with Corn and Limp Biscuit and things like that. And um, after a while, you, you heard album two and album three from these guys, and they kind of started to sound pretty much in the same cycle. Like There was some a stagnant feel in the grand scheme of things. I mean, there's some good hooks and good tunes here and there, but I always thought it would be interesting if we switched the singers for both bands. So if Jonathan Davis worked with Wes Borland mm-hmm. and Limp Bizkit... And then Fred Durst was doing the thing with corn because a lot of their sounds that they had on the guitars kind of lent to that hip-hop feel. And then, you know, with Fred Durst, just real meaty, I'm sorry, West Borland's real meaty guitar uh, parts, I thought Jonathan Davis would complement that really uh, in, a, in a nice way, too.
1: Yeah, that's a good answer.
2: Well, thanks. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you know, and I was trying to think of other ones, too, that would be possible. And I was trying to think, how could I put Bjork in something that uh, she hasn't done before, but she <laughs> touches on everything. So, you know, she kind of wins by default.
0: Yes. Bjork with corn.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds like a I, I side would... dish or something.
2: That sounds like
1: a, 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 a meal number two. Right, you <laughs> work with corn. No, but that, that that would be interesting. I wasn't a huge Fred Durst fan, to be honest with you. I'd like to see what he did in that kind of you know venue, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. Jonathan Davis switching over would be a very interesting thing for me.
2: Absolutely, and you know I haven't really heard him collaborate much uh, in the past, but I think it would be you know pretty cool to uh, to check out and to uh, kind of supplement your note about Zach Roche kind of falling off the radar. He did have an album out oh, I want to say about six years ago, called One Day as a Lion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically distorted synth, drums, and him on vocals. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but I uh, highly suggest checking it out. It's pretty interesting.
1: I will have to check it out. And another side note to that side note is he and Reznor recorded together and it um, mm-hmm. never saw the light of day. And Reznor said that it was um, kind of fairly mediocre. I think that Zach wasn't really bringing it, so he didn't want to attach his name to that. But... Um, mm. that's what I heard from an interview we don't know if that's true but um, sure. I do know that they record together and I would have loved to have seen that come out But definitely, anyway, Stevie D what is your
0: uh, your own answer to your own challenge alright well <clears throat> I went all over the place <laughs> trying to find a singer but it, there's no denying my love for Rush but mm-hmm. I think the turnoff <laughs> for most people with Rush is Geddy Lee's voice I think, think there's so? no denying the amazing drums the amazing bass Alex Lifeson is great on guitar. I mean, mm-hmm. musically, they're fantastic. But I think that high, screechy voice sometimes is just a turnoff for a lot of people. So to replace him, I think we got something pretty cool. So I really couldn't think of somebody that would be just a slam dunk. But recently, I've, I've listened to a lot of uh, covers by Corey Taylor, and he could probably pretty much do about anything. Um, yeah. And I was trying to find a place to put Connor Mason in with some group because that dude's got the best voice I think I've ever heard. But... Um that would I be my get... answer, I think. That would bring yeah, people could. to Rush, damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could get behind Corey Taylor and Rush, for sure. Paul?
2: Yeah, totally. You know, and let's not forget the fact that the the rush pulls all that music off with three people. Yes. You know, they had synths going on with their feet and that kind of stuff. So, um, there, there's certainly some impeccable uh, performance there across the board. But uh, yeah, I mean, with any any band like that where you have a, a trio, it, you add another person to the mix. Is it going to really accentuate it, or is that person's dynamic going to completely kill it, too, yeah. um, from a personnel standpoint. So that's another uh, piece of that puzzle that you know it could turn into a whole other episode in itself. True. Yeah. I,
0: it's <laughs> well, funny. We you, before we get on to uh, Eminem, you brought up uh, Jonathan Davis working with other people, or whatever, and then recently I saw, like I just said, I was watching Corey Taylor do stuff, and he and Jonathan Davis did Sabotage. Um, he joined Korn on Stage, and that got me thinking oh, no. about the Beastie Boys. At some oh, point... Wow. I would love to see a Beastie Boy album where on each song they have a different person stand in to be the third Beastie Boy. I think that would be amazing. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I think that could be such a cool tribute if
2: they would do something Mm -hmm. like that.
1: It would be cool. I mean, I think they could do about anything.
2: (laughs) Beastie Boys are on their own level. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Nirvana did that tribute show, and they had all sorts of artists come out and perform, like St. Vincent and, um, you know, uh, what's her name, Lord. She came out and did a tune as well.
0: All right, fellas, are we ready? Are we ready to weigh in?
2: Well, I
1: think the the whole music world right now um, is speaking about Eminem. <laughs> Maybe not the whole music world, but um, he, uh, Eminem, you know, dropped. I think it was like August thirty first. Dropped uh, Kamikaze out of the blue. No one even knew it was coming out. And um, it's I don't know if you guys saw, it, but today it was official that it was number one, his ninth number one um, album. Yeah. So and. Uh, I think, I don't know, there's divide, division uh, among the articles that I read between whether this was a great thing that he did or this was um, the worst thing ever. But I personally loved it. I think it was a nice return of Eminem. I think um, I like distracts. You know, I don't like how they end when it gets to be like East Coast, West Coast and Biggie Tupac people dying. But I think uh, it's good for the game because a lot of them, you know, kind of came up doing battle rap. And, um, so seeing... Seeing Machine Gun Kelly respond, you know, these are all just broad overviews of what it's about. But the album, I think, is solid through and through. And, uh, Steve, I know we talked, but I haven't even gotten your take on this. You had some things to say about it?
2: Uh, Well,
0: I've got some things uh, in general I'd like to to talk about when we get wrapping up the end of it. But I was curious what uh, Paul's take was, um, if you'd heard the uh, Machine Gun response.
2: I did. I watched it on Instagram and, uh, you know, not to show my age, I was kind of naive and was like, who the hell is this guy? (laughs) You know? Um, so I watched it and at first I thought it was just somebody randomly, you know, doing their own reaction thing, but you know, Oh, I see this is, this is where the battle is. But, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I, I may be a few degrees separated, having not really completely ingested Eminem's repertoire through the years, um, let alone, you know, people he's got beef against. But, you know, I think it's interesting because it's the fact that. You know they're still keeping a dialogue um you know of course it's in the public eye much like politics which we will not get into Uh, but uh (laughs) you know it's it definitely um shows that there's some energy nonetheless and i think that's what really music lacks today is um a complete sense of energy be it anger heated you know things of that sort um a lot of our um music that we loved through the years was certainly energetic and and uh you know provided us that momentum and and uh inspiration and drive but i think as they got older and and uh i would i'd hate to say the word comfortable but certainly you know in their process um some of that energy dissipates a little bit you know what i mean still writes great songs but um you know it certainly just kind of gets phoned in a little more but uh you know it's it's nice to see some some uh some build up again and um it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for him i got to hear a couple of tracks i heard the title track um and i'd be remiss if i didn't uh note and mentioned the album cover nice little nod yeah. there i thought that was uh incredible in the grand scheme of things that's what certainly piqued my interest at first i'm like ooh, what's this but um i need to dig in deeper and, and give it a more thorough listen but um I, I thought you know all right yeah, there's some good grooves i can see you know kind of where he's getting at but i need to dig into his history to be able to know what's going on more essentially not to be the naive old codger but it's kind of where i'm at
1: <laughs> no no i think that's fair and i mean and it, it, I think any Eminem album as of late, you really have to listen to it a few times anyway, just because he's so good at his craft now that you, there's no way to catch what he said right? on the first four passes, you know? So, um, and I, he's a lyrical genius. I will say, I think Machine Gun Kelly was the strongest comeback I've ever seen in, in one of these things. I think it was strong, um, especially not having a whole lot of time to put it all together. Although there is, you know, some talk that he's had this kind of, in his back pocket, if M ever came out of him. So, uh, but either way, uh, it is good. And I, I agree with you. I think the energy that it generates and people are paying attention to things. And, um, you know, let's face it, both artists are getting, you know, sales out of this whole thing. So, right. Uh, it's kind of win win. And I like it. I like it came out of the blue. So, right. Um, Stevie, that's up to you. Let's see what you got to say. All
0: righty. Well, <clears throat> first of all, I loved it. I've listened to it over and over. Um, and like you said, Tony, he's so good at his craft. His, his wordplay is so amazing. Uh, the speed and articulate—I mean, everything he does is just amazing. Where I kind of—I get annoyed—is reading online or listening to people um, talk about how he sucks now, and you know he's no longer you know relevant or whatever. <clears throat> I kind of—I get annoyed because. I like to follow people and watch the progression through time and the changes that they make. It would be Mm -hmm. so disingenuous for him to make an angry album about his dad right now. You know, he did that 20 years ago or about Debbie Mm -hmm. and Kim, you know, so Mm -hmm. he got that out Mm -hmm. of his system. I don't want him to continue rapping about his mom (laughs) unless there is an actual desire or some real emotion that's linked to that. But you know, he gets through that tough period, and then he makes an album where he writes a song like Legacy, which puts it all in perspective and how he's come out this other side. He writes Headlights, an apology to his mom. You know, I mean, it's like
2: uh-huh.
0: he's done all those things, and he's come out the other side, and now he's, he's doing different things. doesn't make him bad. It just means he's evolved as an artist. And I like to follow the evolution. I get tired of people saying that, that people are sellouts or um, mm-hmm. that they suck now because they don't do what they did before. Why do you want to do the same thing over and over? Why do you want to bring up that nasty right. past that obviously was horribly painful for him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I did. Now do. You may not have liked and the Paul. politics in the last album. And he even kind of did an apology about that as well to the people that, the, the Trump supporters that he offended. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of backtracked on that a little bit in one of his songs here. Um, I get that particular problem if you don't want to hear politics in your music because your music is escapism. I understand that, but just to come out and say he sucks or the other one that really drives me crazy is he's no good since he got sober. Do we really want a person to be a drug addict so that we can enjoy him? I mean, I don't know. I guess that's me getting older and uh, moving on past that.
1: No, those are, I think those are fair points because, um, well, one, the funny thing is this reaction. I mean, it's all, people are focused on machine gun Kelly because there was a mention and it came back and machine gun Kelly came back at him. But, I'd say the overarching theme is him responding to all of those people saying that he sucks and he's irrelevant. And he's saying that he's still top of the game, you know, he's still a king. And um and I think he is. I mean, even as good as Machine Gun Kelly's, you know, reaction was to it, Eminem can switch characters, voices, styles, flow, speeds, everything. I mean, there's I would just not want to even be anywhere near Eminem if the if it was a challenge to even just write something let alone say it you know um but I do I do think that there's a and I went through this with Nine Inch Nails like Paul you probably did too you know he came back out of you know rehab and and Trent Sober from With Teeth On is different but what do you want you want this guy just to stay angry and addicted to drugs so that you get music you like I mean I feel that's that's unfair. If you, yeah. like, if you like the artist, I mean, you want them to stick around and, and, and evolve.
2: Yeah, it's no fair to, you know, try to dictate somebody's own personal journey in life by any means. And, you know, when, when we listen to music, we feel like there's a part of ownership. We invest in the CD and we invest in that characteristic of that release. And, uh, you know, in fact, when Metallica did the Black Album and they did Load... After the fact, there was a couple of interviews, and and um, you know Jason Newsted was talking about how when they made some changes, people were like, well, that's my Metallica, this is my impression of them, and you know the d- disappointment they got from that complete you know directional change. But at the same time, look, it's it's these guys, artists have to evolve in order to keep going. Because, if again, if you do the same thing over and over again, it's going to definitely burn you out. And so you have to keep the interest going in some way, shape, or form. Yep.
1: I mean, that's all the way back to your challenge answer. I mean, you said, you know, Corn and Limp biscuit. We're starting to do the same thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not hating on them, but it's just there was no evolution there as a band, right. let alone the person. So, yeah. Um, But Eminem, I mean... Going back to that, Steve, and I know you can appreciate this because we talk a lot about writing. How can someone continually put out this many songs and have that much like control over how to rhyme and where syllables hit and and make it all make sense too? Like it's good on top of it all.
0: Yeah. The way he lands on his rhymes, lands on the beats are just, oh. it's just natural. I mean, I don't think you can teach anybody that, but I remember watching a Uh, something on YouTube one time and he had this box of notebooks where he just had written words and plays on words and combinations of words. So this, this is another thing, you know, I mean, it's natural that he has the ability, but he works hard at it. If he's filled notebooks with potential word phrasings, I mean, that's somebody who is into his craft and has really done it. So uh, you can't take that away from him.
1: No, and I got to, sorry, if Paul, if you're jumping in, I got to say something else. Too. No problem. In one of these, uh, in, in the Machine Gun Kelly song, um, he says something about, like, you know, I got all of this without being produced by Dre. Yes. And, I, you know, whereas, like, okay, that's, I guess that's kind of supposed to be a diss, but at the same time, Eminem, a white boy from Detroit, got noticed by Dr. Dre. <laughs> you know, and not only noticed, but, like, Dr. Dre, like, pinned his career on him too i mean he he really took him under his wing and they made something together that changed uh, you know where the rap game was going at the time and so i don't know how you say that that that's a bad thing i did it all without dre well if dre calls you machine gun kelly are you gonna let him produce a track for you (laughs) are you gonna get signed by dre
0: no he has principles
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) so uh yeah but I'm very interested to see what comes out of that, so I do like that energy. But at the same time, if you go and listen to the full album, I think it's solid. Like if we gave ratings last week, if I had to do this in, you know, out of five stars, I think it's a solid four and a half.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: What do you... Yeah? Absolutely. Paul? We'll come back to you on that, I guess. Right.
2: <laughs> well, and I, I, would say from just the musical impression, and again the energy I got from it, I'm going to give it a solid four for just, um, you know, catching my ear and and uh, you know retaining my attention. Um, I definitely yeah. plan on putting it on in the background and and listening to it, and when I do have a free moment, kind of digging in deeper and really listening to it with, with uh, you know the the analysis mind uh, kind of at play. And just remember that he, he stuck
0: apricot jelly in there and it worked. (laughs) somehow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So if that doesn't make you king, I don't know what does, but, um, (laughs) I think this is a good time too, also to say like, you know, we're all sitting here talking to each other, but we're hoping that some people listen and educate us. I mean, you know, if you have comments on this or what do you think about it? You know, I'd love to see people comment, um, wherever we post this and let us know. I mean, this is all about a discussion between us three and whoever else is listening.
0: Yeah. And then Tony, you said you had heard potentially another track coming back from Eminem.
1: Yeah, there was a source. I mean, it is the internet, so <laughs> who knows? Um, but the, uh, they, somebody said that from shady records, there has been some talk that there is a, uh, reaction track in the works. And, I believe it. I don't think M's going to let this one sit as it was and also he is busy. I mean, he's uh I think he's doing something in Detroit tomorrow for the NFL for the Lions game. So uh you know, just because he's not responding two days later to Machine Gun Kelly, he may have other obligations. <laughs> so, um but I do think something's coming and I'm interested to see what comes out of it. Even if he doesn't do anything, I think that's interesting. And it you know, honestly, it did kind of like turn me on to Machine Gun Kelly's music. I listened to more in the last week than I had prior to that. So it's win win for the artists.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Very cool. I had a friend that uh, actually went to the show in Chicago last night, and uh, she posted on Snapchat uh, from her seat. And you know, she's one of those people that uh, I would not have thought in a million years she would have went to see him perform. But you know, she was there for where uh, I think Fallout Bear, Fallout Boy was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> she just posted a, a snapshot of the stage with his logo, and all it said underneath it was man, he needs to wash his mouth out with soap. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like awesome. it. Awesome.
0: Well, uh, I think that'll wrap up Eminem for the show for now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We had promised we were going to talk about Apex twin this week, but seeing as how the album will be coming out in six days, I think we'll hit that on the next show. Um, so before we yeah. talk about music, we're listening to this week, Tony, let's issue the challenge. Yes.
1: Okay, so here's the new challenge. Uh, it's a two-parter, but it's not it's not terribly tough. Um, I would like to know what your well. Let me, let me back up. Nine Inch Nails is con- constantly going to be a theme with me, as you guys know. That's true. So, um, some yeah. So <laughs> uh, it's like six degrees of Trent Reznor for me, not Kevin Bacon. But um, so everybody always says like, "Oh, I love that song by Johnny Cash, hurt. <laughs> I and I had to correct somebody know, the other and day. I love. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I love that. And even Trent said, like, I guess that song's not mine anymore. Like he loved it, too. And Mark Romanek directed the video and everything was perfectly timed at that point in life. But that is a Trent Reznor song. And if you were at any concert watching them close with her, you would know that's a Trent Reznor song that Johnny Cash covered. So anyway, I'm going into cover songs because I love them, actually. I love to see what people do with them. So I would say here's the challenge. Tell me what your favorite cover song is that you that already exists and then pick a song you'd like to see covered and tell me what band you would have cover and why that
0: cool challenge accepted absolutely sweet okay yeah that's really good cool. i've been listening <laughs> to a lot of covers lately so um yeah that'll be awesome tony i just had an idea yeah, i hope so it's not a challenge really But I think if they ever get a a listenership, they should have a drinking game. And every time you mention Trent or Nine Inch Nails or I mention Rush, they have to take a shot. What do you think?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. I think that our listeners would be passed out by the end of the show. But, yeah, we could try it. Paul, what do you say a lot?
2: Uh, well, um, let me just say, if they do that, we'll certainly look better by the end of the episode. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I say um a lot, so <laughs> okay. they're doomed if out. that's the case. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I've mentioned Metallica a couple times now, so you know we'll see what, uh, <laughs> yeah. what unfolds. We talk
1: about, when we talk about gear. Gear, Paul, yeah. Yeah. Paul will be like, I, so if Paul starts mentioning anything technical, you know, like we're talking about Rush, and he's like, Yeah, but they play with their feet, you know. So, you know, I think anytime Paul has a, like a little s- side note that has to do with the technical, a- anytime music, Paul
0: mentions a keyboard, you drink,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, the folks
0: at home can't see more but of but a Paul's complex in a studio with a couple of keyboards right yeah. behind him,
2: yeah, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're, I think they're probably, powered down.
2: Yeah. But uh, I was going to say, it's going to be probably more of a complex drinking game if I talk gear, because it's like, well, if he mentions this aspect of it, then you have to have this row of mixed drinks. Otherwise, <laughs> if he goes down this path, just take a shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's keep it simple for the viewers. Right. So, yeah. so uh, well, I'm glad you guys accepted the challenge. Um, uh, well, can I say one thing real quick about Apex Twin, since we're not reviewing sure. it? But I would say people should watch the video for t 69 or t69 whatever because um, it's crazy i love it it's cool but also um <laughs> i did write out a review so i'm not going to go over it but the one line that stands out to me because i did want to say this it was the only way that i could actually say it was the single feels like a bunch of tweaked out people in a room with rubber bands and video games and it works <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my one liner of
2: review totally. for that yeah, and, uh, you know, if you get a chance to watch it out there, listener world, um, check out the uh, video production, I guess, person, I would say crew, but it's called Weirdcore. Core. Um, I went down a rabbit hole of videos uh, from, from Weird Core, and uh, the guy's a genius. He does a lot of really weird engineering and uh, even integrates footage from the crowd with certain uh, technology that puts Richard Dean James's face on people in the audience and uh, people just go nuts over it. So very cool to, uh, to see how he plays along with Aphex twin as a team member in the grand scheme of things. Right. Okay. And with that, you can take a shot.
0: Damn. take <laughs> <man. laughs> <need> a
1: drink. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, rush, no, they
0: uh, did this song one time with, no, just, um, yeah. do you, I don't know if I brought this up last time or not, but, um, you guys are probably familiar with um, "Girl Talk," right? Oh, yeah. the album "All Day." Mm-hmm. Yep. I was just mm-hmm. going back through, listening to some older Apex just to kind of get in the mood. And uh, "Window Liquor" came on. I cannot listen to it now without expecting, um, you know, "Girl Talk" to pop in there and uh, the song to change, and uh, it's mm-hmm. just crazy. It ruins songs for you in the long run.
2: So be careful if you pick up "Girl Talk." <laughs> Definitely. My uh, my wife's completely terrified of the Rubber Johnny music video, which I don't blame her from Apex Twin. That's uh, <laughs> certainly a, a very abstract piece, not for the faint of heart. Nice.
0: So uh, this is typically the part of the show where we share with our listeners some uh, music we're listening to this week. So, Paul, what's been on the playlist?
2: I've kind of gone back to some uh, music from a few years ago. Uh, Tony, I think, has mutual uh, interest in this artist, Apparat, and uh, he uh, has a side project with Mode Selector called Mode Rat, or Modarat, however you want to pronounce it, and A New Error is a great album from them. The opening track is just a nice pulsing bass in triplet form, and uh, just a good groove across the board. I stumbled upon some live videos watching them perform for the first two albums, and uh, they've got some new stuff out, so uh, last night I had a little bit of insomnia, so I was actually up listening to some EPs and some other releases I haven't caught up on yet. So that's, uh, been in my ears all weekend. That's great. Yeah. And the last time you were here, you told me about that mod
1: rat and I checked it out. Very good stuff. Definitely. I love Apparat, So
2: sweet.
0: Nice. All right. <laughs> Tea bags. what you've been listening to?
1: Okay. Um, uh, well, uh, I tend to write, um, Write like, you know, actual writing, not music. But, um, and so I'll have playlists based on moods because I need to get in the headspace. And so, uh, I had to be sad, which is a really weird thing to do is make yourself sad with music. But, um, there's a song called Funeral by Phoebe Bridges. And it's, uh, it's crazy sad, as you can tell by the title. But, um, anyway, there's a few lines in there because I'm a lyricist person that I wanted to say because I love this. It says, I have a friend I call when I've, myself to tears, and we talk until we think we might just kill ourselves. But then we laugh until it disappears. And I thought that was very cool. So anyway, that's uh, one of them. And then last week, you guys made me give like a slightly <laughs> underwhelming review of Nine Inch Nails, which kind of hurt my soul. So, uh, so I bounced back and started listening to a lot of Nine Inch Nails again this week. And uh, but some deep cuts because I wanted to kind of balance that whole sadness thing out with something different feeling. So uh, three have been on my playlist all week: uh, Ten Miles High which is like off the Fragile vinyl. In, a, in one of the singles, it was good. Uh, Burning Bright, Feel on Fire, which is one of the fairly new ones from one of the EPs. And then The Only Way Out is Through off of the right side of the Fragile. So um, we'll put links to those songs and all of our songs that we talk about in the description.
0: And for those of you playing at home, what that's three to, more Steve? shots. <laughs> <laughs> You're feeling good right now. <laughs> this show's getting great. Right, Stevie, what are
1: you... <laughs> Tell us what Rush songs you're listening
0: to. <laughs> I have not listened to Rush at all this week. How about <laughs> okay. that? Now, well, we spent most of the week listening to him, trying to get, get that in <laughs> for the show. And then, um, as I told you earlier, working on a paper, I was listening to this um, up-and-coming artist named J.P.P., just plain Paul. Shucks. Um, great album you can find on iTunes, Data of the East Accolade. Um, I listened to it while I was writing tonight, and uh, it is a solid, solid record. So I would recommend anybody listening to go to iTunes and check that out. Just plain Paul.
1: Yeah, and I think, Paul, it's on uh, Spotify, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it's on Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple Music, and iTunes now. So uh, you can find it. Virtually anywhere where fine music is streamed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I mean,
1: I know that we're doing this podcast with Paul, but Paul knows this for the longest time. I've loved that album. Um, Invaders is one of my favorite tracks off the album. So, um... Anyway, yeah, anybody listening, I think you should give that that album a shot for sure.
2: Cool. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And uh, definitely shout-out to the guys that uh, put the verses on Invaders as well. They're all very talented people from the Indianapolis area and uh, still doing their art and craft to this day. So uh, I have a lot of respect for for all of them that were involved. That's cool. Awesome.
0: So, fellas, where can we find you on social media, Paul?
2: If you just type "just plain Paul" all one word, you'll find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and if you want to get my Facebook music page, it's JPP Invasion.
0: JPP Tony,
1: uh, I am on MySpace. <laughs> um, He's got a dope page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like I said last week, and I am actually I took a few steps this week in doing it. I'm setting up some. Uh, social media and different things for wanderings and wool gathering. so I'll be behind that soon
0: excellent and you can find me Foggy's Pal at Twitter and Instagram and you can also find me writing over at breaktheforth.com next week we promise we will have some info on Aphex Twin some thoughts about the new record and we will answer Tony's challenge of our favorite cover song and we'll pick one that we think should be covered and by whom and then Paul will issue the new challenge. Last thoughts, fellas, before we head out.
1: Uh, no, just looking forward to doing it again next
2: week. Yep, same here. That's been a lot of fun, and I hope you guys out there are enjoying it as well. It's fun to talk music, and feel free to chime in. We definitely want to hear from you and what uh, excites your eardrums.
1: Definitely. Take the challenge yourself, so post it in the comments.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, folks. Good night. Good night. Good night.